Joined this evening by the one, the only Willem in Tulsa Town. Willem, how are you doing? Good, Ryan. How are you? I am good. I can't figure out why I can only hear myself out of one ear, but if you can hear me out of both ears, we're fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. I'm not even wearing a headset, so. It's golden. (laughs) That's even better. God damn. I can hear you out of both ears, so I'm assuming that I'm coming across correctly. Yeah, yeah. You're you're in both. I think you're good. Okay. We'll worry Listeners, about that. We'll, you can't hear him in both. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> let us know in the comments. This is nucking futs. This is gonna drive me bonkers tonight. Okay, you know, fuck it. Okay. Oh, there it is. Something's nice. fucked up. Something's fucked up in my pan, and I just dipped my bracelet in my beer. So it's good. <laughs> it's a good. Everything's Off going great. I have failed the recording to start three times already. <clears throat> um, you know, um, off to the races this evening. But I'm happy to be here. It's been a hellish week, and I'm glad Willem could join for uh, for a nice little one-on-one uh, beer down, if you will. I'm, Hell yeah. I'm happy. Uh, Willem, are you drinking anything special tonight? No. I, uh, oh, yeah, I'm having a Welltown beer, which is always special to me. Hell yeah. I really like the brewers and the people who run Welltown. They're all extremely nice, quality human beings. Quality peeps. And their beer is delicious. No, don't let me just like, <laughs> I know sometimes like, oh, they're so nice. And they are also, the beer is also very, very good. Oh, I love, like probably, I say this all the time, but like one of my favorite, just like grab and go beers. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're accessible for you. They're good people and they make Absolutely. good beer. That's the same reason why I pick up Armadillo and why I have viewers, listeners at home can't see, but that's why I have an Armadillo Ale Works uh, tin tacker up on the wall behind me because oh, hell yeah. I like those guys. I want to do whatever they I also can. got a really cool Guinness. I see that one on bars all the time. Oh, this little guy, the lovely mm-hmm. day for Guinness. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Gilroy artwork. Uh, Gilroy was the artist and uh, company that Guinness hired in the f- 30s and 40s to revamp their artwork, and they made some of the most iconic uh, what they called zoo art, uh, where they had like uh, an elephant, uh, they had different zoo animals, I should say. Elephants, toucans are the ones that are most famous, but they had turtles, they had uh, sloths, the, the giant like bears and shit. It's fantastic art. If you ever come over to my house, I have a full ass Gilroy book that Mrs. Wow. Brian got me. It is, it's one of those things like kind of an inspiration for me in that like these people made and marketed beer in one of the most like darkest times in great Britain's history. And, uh, they made Guinness an iconic brand that not only was kind of a, it was a, a symbol of quality and strength, but also got people through a lot of hard times for me. That is like what any artist and what any marketing and what any like craft should yeah. do for people. So if you, in my house, I always have Gilroy art places. I mean, hell I've even got uh, Guinness Gilroy, um, uh, what huh. do you call it? Coasters. Um, this one's well used. Is that uh, a dog? Oh no, it's a it's a lion chasing like a a, oh. <laughs> a, a groundskeeper or like a lion keeper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
because uh, he's got a four pack of Guinness or a bottle of Guinness that he poured into a glass and he's running away. Uh, but like that's the, that's the shit that I like to surround myself with. That and all my beer pictures that I take around the 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 lands here. Anyway, um. yeah. So on, on the wall behind me, I have just nothing but framed beer pictures and different beer signs that are signed. So that th- beer, the, the red beer sign you have always reminds me of the, do you remember the citizen sign at a, a Stonewall? Yeah, yeah. The same kind of uh, like 50 style like soda pop shop, but like the grungier shit. Yeah, yeah and like well, similar typeface to mm-hmm. uh, iconic sign. I mean, for anyone who went to school at OSU Stillwater and you know, you probably went to, hopefully went to Stonewall at least once, good lord. I mean, if you're, listen, I, I, I have met people who've gone to Stillwater, and they're like, ugh, I never went in Stonewall. I'm like, you know what? What the fuck is wrong with you? I, I fucking risked life and lung to go into Stonewall. <laughs> into Stonewall okay? those, who, those who don't know, Stonewall is the closest bar to campus. It is also the like self-proclaimed theater bar and uh, like yeah. art bar basically art, because they were right by the art department right by the uh, right right by the theater like man proud theater kid here when we get done building sets or working late nights if it was not just absolutely atrociously late or we weren't weren't all just dog ass tired we'd step across the street and have a pint or a pitcher or a rum belly and then Oh, yeah, but also, uh, for those who don't know, uh, it's also, when we were there, full smoking everywhere, like bathrooms included. Like, it was, there was always just a constant haze of cigarette smoke in that place. Uh, there was a yeah, cigarette I mean, like, vending you machine. You spend 15, 15 minutes there, and the back of your throat is just, like, on fire. Unless you're a smoker, in which case you were probably just saving money on packs of cigarettes. I don't think there's a thing as secondhand cigarette smoking high. Like, there's different... Yeah, yeah, I don't think you get the buzz, which yeah. is... That's fucked, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, no, All growing, the car, none of the... <laughs> anything else. Growing up as a kid, uh, whose dad smoked like a fucking freight train... Uh, in you know thousands of miles of road trip, uh, growing up, he would just smoke in the van while we were driving across country, and I, I just grew used to it honestly. So when I went to Stonewall, I was like, "Dad, is Dad here?" And he was never there. He would never be found dead in the Stonewall. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Yeah, no, uh, this this my beer sign even has some uh, like special like in like there's some things wedged into the beer sign that are special. So I have, okay. I have Pleplius, my original <laughs> Pleplius monkey keychain. Uh, when the keychain part broke off of it, I wedged it in between the E's of the beer sign. And I even have a cork, <laughs> a, uh, it, you can't, there's no way you could fucking see the cork. What is it? Uh, it is from a very, very special bottle of beer that I got and that I probably will never have again. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it there so I don't get it lost. Uh-huh. But like that's little cool. shit like that, that's that's uh, Brian's decorating style. It drives Mrs. Brian nuts probably, but it, it is what it is. I mean, over uh, – I, I don't know if you see all the pictures that I post on uh, Instagram, at NoBeerLeftCast. I, uh, I have a little portrait studio in a bookshelf that I created over here. And on top of that bookshelf, I have like a shrine to all things Guinness and Brian. So I have my um, – <laughs> Awesome. My, my home brewing uh, like uh, initials uh, for my homebrew names up there. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I have a pumpkin that my sister made me that has our a family crest on it, uh, just like inlaid yeah. in over it. 
and uh, people are like, oh, you have a family crest? I'm like, I, I made it. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it's a family crest. Uh, it's it's I, I really got into symbology uh, a few years ago, and I literally yeah. built a family crest based on uh, what certain awesome. things mean and meant to the regions in which my people came from. So That's uh, fucking cool. Someone, yeah. I mean, everyone's family crests were made by someone. So if you didn't have a lesser... Whoa, sorry, you might do that. If you don't have a family crest in your family, now you, now you do, right? Yeah, and that was kind of the point. I'm like, you know, uh, all this shit means means something to us. I mean, even there's a, a panel um, on the on the crest that is the same color blue as the Oklahoma flag, and I'm like, oh, okay. a little shit like that. And on the other side is the the uh, the the region of Germany where my family comes from. It's that that color of flag, and it's it, it's got meaning to it. It's surrounded by barley, and it's got little hops at the bottom of it. I mean, it's fucking. I'm, it's it's a thing, Willem. Something I'm proud of, and I constantly forget that it's there. And then times like this, where I'm talking about, it, I'm like, oh yeah, I did that shit. That was kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's enough about me. I'm sorry. I fucking I, I burnt down in some weird shit. Uh, but Welltown, love Welltown. Uh, love love what they're doing. Um, I'm actually drinking a beer from uh, your your home st- state, second home. I don't know, fucking. It's from Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. <laughs> you guys have heard me talk. Original home state. <laughs> OG home state. Um, uh, this is uh, y'all heard me talk. I think a couple episodes ago, or maybe the 200th episode, when I had the Fair State Brewing Co-op. Uh, Russian Imperial Stout or pastry stout, whatever the fuck it was. The one that was like 13% alcohol and it hit me like a Mack truck by the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a bad deal. I, really that, I think it was Imperial sounds right. Yeah. It was a big ass. I know it was a pastry stout because I remember, oh, it was. Okay. I remember telling Frank, like you would look at it and say, mm, this isn't for me. Cause it's got too much vanilla, but it was good. Anyway, this is, I, so here's the deal. Sometimes Brian gets, gets it just swings and misses on beers it's not often okay but i mean even big poppy struck out every now and then you know he just didn't hit 400 <laughs> 400 foot dingers every time he went up to bat you know you're saying when you buy it or when you make it when i bought it no when i make it oh. i oh, i am nail it every time no <laughs> <laughs> i am like a middle schooler going through puberty like there's times when i will just fucking crush <laughs> one and then i other times i will swing miss piss my pants and break my bat you know what i mean um, those all are all at the same time. And then my girlfriend dumps me, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a fucking yeah. bad day. Uh, but no, this is, this is one that got me because I ordered it, uh, at the bearded monk end to end and using their yeah. little drive through uh, method. They post what's so cool about them. And Villain, I don't know if y'all have a bottle shop up there that does this, but if you do, you should go support them because it's badass. So the bearded monk posts pictures every day on Facebook and mainly Facebook because they can post multiple pictures and they come in high res and everything or high enough res to work. Um, but they take pictures of all their beer. They'll take pictures of all their beer in the cooler first, which is usually their like fresh releases and shit that they like people want are coming after. And then they take pictures of all their beer they have on their shelves. So you could literally shop before you get there and they encourage you. They do that. So, you know, you're encouraged to do that and even call ahead with your order. It's fucking badass. So wait, I don't know. I mean, since COVID, maybe we do have that now, but well, I was going to say their whole thing is speaking. We did not have that. Their whole thing is, uh, I mean, they're a a walk-in bottle shop and a growler bar. 
Um, so I mean, like you can go in and get pours of beer. You can they they do you know, they do pours right. of wine as well. So they encourage you to come in. Except right now, they're like, you know what? Right. Fuck it. We're not putting anybody at risk. We're just doing what they call the beer alley, and they have a little drive drive through area that they have set up where they have a side door where you just roll up. You got your mask on. They got their mask on. You tell them what they what you want. They can make recommendations if you come in and you're like, I want this. They're like, eh, we got this. How about this? And anyway. That's fucking awesome. It is really good. And they're highly knowledgeable <laughs> when it comes to beer yeah. stuff. Uh, so they can make educated uh, recommendations, which is always awesome. Anyway, I yeah. walked in. Big Daddy knows what's going on, okay? So I'm, I'm, I've got my order on my phone, and I'm just reading it off. I need this, 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 this. And this order, I think I, I think I ordered a full fucking case of beer. It was 24 beers in like four packs, six packs. Right. And, and just a, a big-ass order um, <laughs> comparatively. Um, so I ordered this beer from Fair State, Fair State, Free, Fair State Brewing Co-op out of Minneapolis. And okay. this is a collaboration with St. Elmo Brewing in Austin and St. Elmo is fucking phenomenal. I think I've heard of them, but I don't think I've ever had their beer. They're, I've never heard of Fair State at all. Fair State's one of those, like they, in the last maybe year or two have kind of blown up on the beer nerd scene um, okay. because they're making some badass stuff. Well, I ordered this thinking like St. Elmo, pretty good, pretty uh, hip, hip with it brewery down in Austin and Fair State also a hip with it brewery. So I'm like, okay, cool. For some reason, I saw this can. It's called Jinx. Okay? Jinx. Love that can. That's a cool can. It's a fucking badass can. For some reason, I had in my mind that this was a hazy IPA. And I had, my palate was so damn set on a hazy IPA. And I'm like, cool, cool. This is going to be fantastic. They gave it to me. It was warm, whatever. You know, they didn't have any cold ones. So put it in the fridge, waited the next day, cracked one open. And at the, no. end, at the end of the day, low light. <laughs> Low light watching TV with my wife. It's great. Pour a full glass. And I'm like, I didn't even look at it. I just, I was like, I was expecting, a hazy, <laughs> expecting hazy goodness. I take a sip and I'm like, mm, oh God, what is happening here? It is, and I should have, the fucking can even says it at the bottom. In Granted, well, in very small letters. Flavored lager. It is a flavored lager. And that's what I was going to ask is, did you not look at the can? No, why, <laughs> just, I do that too. Honestly, I like, not as well, maybe with beer too, but I'll be like, "Oh, I know what this is." Right. <laughs> Never <double> check. <laughs> you're, you're like, ah, I don't need to fucking do any more work than the cursory glance at the label, and I'll be fine. And like, I, I, I don't you know. You check every time too, and that one time you don't. Yeah, I'm fucksoed. Okay, so <laughs> here's the description because I even looked it up. I was like, "What the fuck? This? What the hell is going on?" Because I had already set the, like left the can on the counter, and I had a glass in my hand. I was like, "I'm not getting up." So I pull out my phone, go to Untapped. I find it. Here's the description. Electrolyte lager? Oh, what? That's right. Do you even CrossFit and beer, bro? This collab with our new buds from Fair State Brewing in Minneapolis is made with only the finest German malt, hops, and Gatorade powder. It's engineered to make you drink harder, slam faster, and chug longer. Now, their use of the Oxford comma withstanding, it is... It is a pretty... It is, I, Gatorade powder... It's in it, you know. Is it in you? It's in this beer. So, <laughs> is it in you? What? Uh, like a late '90s uh, Gatorade campaign? There. It is. Hold up. So, so you you can t like, it's very present in that beer. Is it good? V very present. No, but it definitely hammers home what flavors I was getting. Like, what the fuck is happening here? Because I knew it was like 
I know it's a logger. It's too. So it's cool. not very present. There's something going on there, and your mind is like racing to figure out what the hell it is. <laughs> and it's like if you've ever made that Gatorade from the powder, and yeah. if you've ever like run low on it and ha- didn't have enough to fill like what volume of water you had, and it's like watery Gatorade adjacent flavors. That's what we're picking up. Yeah. Like I remember when I was playing football in high school the trainers would make gatorade like that was like our weekly treat when it was really really hot like they would make one batch of gatorade and the rest of the time it was water and water bottles whatever they make one batch of gatorade but there was always that one trainer who didn't know what the fuck they were doing and they would like like what are you skimping out what are you getting paid extra to keep the gatorade lasting longer what the hell is this shit it was just like oh i'd rather have water this tastes so bad <laughs> anyway those flavors snapped right back into me whenever I was tasting it and read that. But honestly, tasting it, I would never have picked up get, diluted Gatorade would never have fallen in my my uh my So is it a no no for you on that beer then or It's good. It, it, it's not a no. Okay. Knowing what it is now, it's pretty good. Um, oh, okay. But you I mean, it's just like with anything else and I think that's where sometimes beer gets uh, beer as well as any other like craft anything gets kind <laughs> of a bad rap is if people taste it thinking they're going to get one thing and then get something not that. And they're like uh, almost a little upset about it. Yeah. And then you look at untapped ratings of like, oh, one star, don't like pale ales. Hey, dumbass, it said pale ale on the can. What the fuck yeah. are you doing here? That's not a valid review. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your opinion, man. <laughs> your, listen, the value that you place on that can based on your shitty taste buds that does not that does not equal value to one, valuable to me. I don't like sours. I'm not gonna go fucking review a sour <laughs> and give it a one star. Why would I be that stupid? Yeah, exactly. Now you, I would love to see a, a review of a sour beer from you that you liked, because that would be like, oh shit, I know yeah. Willem doesn't like sours. That's gonna, I'm gonna give that a shot if I can. I say that I don't really like dislike sours. I just uh, no, but that's one of those polarizing styles that yeah, exactly. you either you either like or you don't, and. Near the tween shall meet, honestly. I can't drink a bunch of them, but I, everyone says that, but I'm one of those people who can say that. Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, so you remember that Redbud cucumber beer that I had last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have the same amount of those that I had after the podcast last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's no for you then. It's a tough one for me, man. Like, because even as hot as it was on like over the weekend last week, when yeah, I, I, I went over to the in-laws' pool to chill like Saturday afternoon. I think it was every bit of 102 or some shit. Like it was so wow. fucking hot. Uh, and my four-year-old daughter, zero shits given. She was like, "Pool time, let's do this." I'm like, oh, oh, "Fucking sweat my ass off out here." Yeah, I know. It, it, 100%. I'm like just like wading in the pool, neck hot, like neck deep in the water, just trying to squat down and cover as much as I can in wetness. Yep. It's like this is fucking miserable. Flash, Are you done? Yeah, out of the sun oh yeah she didn't give a shit she's splashing around i'm like okay we almost done here daddy's turning red right now i am i am tomato colored i've got to go inside we're all going inside anyway but last week i had the chance to bring the rest of those cucumber beer that would have been a great beer to bring you know something light and refreshing you know what you know what i brought instead ipa no even better um Lime, uh, just seltzer water, not spiked, nothing, just fucking lime seltzer. <laughs> I was like, I fucking, I, I can't be bothered with this shit. It's too fucking hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fuck me, man. 
Anyway, so how has... I never got to what I was drinking, which oh is yeah, what... you said Welltown, but we didn't. I'm sorry. So obviously a Welltown beer. Uh, I'm drinking the Cloudy Dreams New England IPA, which oh. I have had several times on this podcast and is a good beer. Um, the the last time I got a six pack of these, the they were pretty overactive and like very foamy. Mm. This time, not so much. Uh, they, it was very pretty easy pour. Tastes delicious. I mean, the thing is, the taste is very consistent. But yeah, the last batch was very, uh, very foamy. This batch, not so much. Um, so I, I pulled it up on Untapped because I always, I, I, I'm, I'm curious because right now, I, New England style IPAs can go one of two ways. They either like middle of the road, pretty moderately like high ABV or you know moderate ABV, to like yeah. astronomical. Like there's no fucking reason that they should have this much alcohol in this beer. I really? Think. Yeah. Uh, I had one. I don't remember who it was from uh, last week or week before last, and it was like eleven and a half percent hazy IPA. I'm like, I this is too much. This is almost too much here. That's not why I would drink this style of beer at all, honestly. Right, and uh, I mean. Again, if I know what I'm getting into for the evening, yeah. like I might might buckle down and have have myself a big boy, but at the same time, like the, the that well town you're drinking is six point one percent ABV. That's like yeah. that's my jam. I can get down with that shit. Yeah, and it's got the uh, it's like juicy, you know, like mm-hmm. that whole like juicy quote unquote thing. Oh yeah, they're using um, they're using Amarillo Cashmere and Equinox hops, which are some fun and funky shit, and they're really hard to get. Uh, unless you have hop contracts. So good on them if they're regularly making it. Holy shit. So they're proprietary? No, I mean, all, all hops uh, hops are hops are tough to get anytime, especially high-demand hops like Amarillo. And, I mean, I guess Equinox and Cashmere aren't as high-demand, but they're very unique hops. Um, so they can be tough to get sometimes. Why are they okay? So is it like because they're only growing hops up in Oregon, or what? No, no. Uh, uh, a lot of these hops are being grown, uh, especially in some of the more esoteric uh, New England style IPAs. They'll be grown in New Zealand as well, um, and I mean all over the Pacific Northwest, uh, even now up into Michigan and Wisconsin, as well as New York. So basically, anything along that uh, those upper parallels, that's typically where hops will flourish. Um, but specific strains of hops will be grown in different places, but it still it all matters to the hop yield. And right now, because those styles of beer, uh, thrive, you know, New England style, New England style IPAs thrive with those juicier, uh, when I say juicier, I mean the hops that produce fruit juice flavors and aromas when dry hopped because they're in such high demand by so many fucking breweries right now. Yeah, they're they're tough to get unless you have hop contracts or unless you have really good connections within um, the hop brokerage world. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Something that I, that kind of like <clears throat> crossed my mind is with you know with the cannabis. They'll first of all, if you don't know, like cannabis and hops are in the same uh, <clears throat> family. Of... They're like cousins, basically. Yeah, and so you know, with the cannabis, they'll crossbreed and get all kinds of different. Um, things going like depending on what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Do they do anything like that with hops, or so, and then those become proprietary? So like, you to get the seeds for those, you know, like people pay 
top dollar. Yeah, so uh, hops are grown in rhizome by off rhizomes. Uh, so basically they look like little sticks you put in the ground and they literally uh, will sprout hops. Oh, shit. Now hops are also female only plants. Like the hop buds that are produced are from the female uh, plant. Right. Yeah. Actually same with cannabis actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, male plants are killed immediately. If there's ever a male plant found in a hop field, they are murdered mercilessly. They're fucking no, no shits given because of cross producing and crossbreeding. Um, hop strains are so sought after from their essential oils that they produce. So an Amarillo hop cone will look very different than a Citra hop cone to the expert. So uh, someone who grows this shit all the time can walk out into a field, look at a cone. If they need to feel it and smell the oils off of it, they can identify exactly what, what hop varietal it is. Now, with that said... <laughs> Crossbreeding uh, can happen. That's how um, a, a very popular hop now called Mandarina, Mandarina Bavaria came to be. Uh, a noble hop from Germany was crossbred with Cascade hops from Washington State, and they produced Mandarina Bavaria. And that is a very popular hop in American-style Pilsners and New, e- New Zealand-style Pilsners. They'll use Mandarina Bavaria because it has the best of both worlds. Noble hops found in uh, Germany, Austria, typically um and sometimes in england basically they're european hops they produce a very yeah. spicy uh note uh i see like peppery pep- peppery is one zots okay. is zots is one of the most like widely known uh noble hop zots is anytime you see s-a-a-z you want to pronounce it saz it's actually zots 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 hops are uh, are like mm, pretty like a uh, d- dictionary defined noble hop in that they do produce uh, produce the peppery notes not so much floral not so much like uh not not very bitter i think the alpha acids on zots hops are below six now and that's like really really high i mean they usually fall between like the two percent three percent range um which alpha acids will produce bitterness depending on what time you throw them in the boil of a beer but um you look at some other uh, noble hops, they will vary in, in alpha acids as well as like aromatic production. Now, uh, like English hops uh, had their own characteristic altogether. And mind you, Germany and England, not too very far apart <laughs> distance wise. Uh, but English hops uh, like Tetning, Ranger, um, East Kent Golding, those will be like, they'll produce some pepper and floral, but they will produce more tea-like uh, flavors and more like earthy aromas. Okay. Um, whereas American hops are just fucking dank, bitter as fuck. Um, you can tell overpowering. Like you just like, it's like, Oh, did you wave an American flag over this hop as it was, as it was growing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we did. The hops come out of the Go ahead. (laughs) So in, in, what I know from cannabis growing specifically is that, um, just like with like you explained with hops there's a male and a female plant Mm -hmm. which isn't that's that's actually not uh terribly common in the plant world to have like gendered plants like that yeah most most, um yeah and so they purposely will you know breed so what you have (laughs) what you essentially have is two lines of cannabis it's like sativa and indica those are like the og like strains were the first sort of like naturally occurring 
and they bred the shit out of those and they started crossbreeding them and so then the naming of the stuff hint at the lineages basically so you'll have like cookies in the name that means that it comes from the cookies like lineage which <laughs> is more sativa whatever and then but then they might have like a if you hear OG Kush, uh, if you hear Kush in it, that's a reference to like the Hindu Kush mountains mm-hmm. where uh, indica comes from, specifically like pure indica cannabis. And so if you hear Kush, it's like you're going to be, you know, it's going to be more of a like sleepy, total body relaxed sort of feeling. Mellow uh, end of the day. <clears throat> yeah. But so like they, and they'll purposely like fuck around with it and see what they can come up with and whatever. So I'm like, I'd be curious if they, if they like what we could come up with, if they did some of that with the hops too. Well, I mean, that's, that's how, like I said, that's how like Mandarina Bavaria came about. But uh, it sounds like that's sort of like a, an anomaly, you know, an anomaly. Yeah. Well, you have to, I mean, so inside baseball here for, for, for beer making hops will, there, there are dozens of varieties of hops that are grown every year um, that are not listed in the major hop growers like uh, catalogs um, for a hop to produce a worthy product. It's similar to wine in that you can't just plant a hop and crossbreed a hop and let it go. Um, it takes up to three years for a rhizome to produce a viable crop and viable. I mean, not, not necessarily volume of, of shit off, off the bind, uh, but usable shit off the bind. And I am saying bind with a B because hops are grown on a bind, not a vine. That's uh, some Cicerone shit for you right there. Anyway. Um, but they're trellising plants, though. They are trellising plants, and they're one of the few plants you can actually watch grow. And during peak growing season, I think they grow like six to eight inches a day or some shit like that. It's That's wild. Ridiculous. But, I mean, I don't even know. That may, that may be fucking hella wrong, but I do know that you can watch them grow, and they grow fucking crazy tall. So uh, here, in the next couple months, you'll see hop, hop harvest happen. And if you look on Instagram, follow some like Sierra Nevada has their own hop farm. Um, their hop fields are outside of their Chico brewery and they have like crews that come in and bail all their hops and it's fucking amazing. That's also how you get celebration from Sierra Nevada is from their wet hopped IP. It's their wet hopped IPA, which wet hops, if you hear shit like that said, like labeled on a bottle of something wet hops, yeah. Um, that is, those are hops that are picked straight from the vine and typically in less than 24 hours put into the boil of a beer. So, uh, Sierra Nevada makes a wet hop beer. Um, Deschutes typically makes a wet hopped beer. There are a few, there are a few, I know, uh, New Belgium made a wet hopped beer from their, one of their contract farms up in Washington or Idaho, one of the two. And they actually trucked hops from the Pacific Northwest in under 24 hours to Fort Collins so that they can throw it in their beer. It was wild. Now I will say this wet hopped IPAs are a very acquired taste. If you like them good on you. The only wet hopped IPA that I like on a regular basis is celebration. That's it. (laughs) But that's just why, I mean, that's cool though. Yeah. I mean, you're literally getting farm to table hops, you know? Yeah. (laughs) exactly it says something about the company that's awesome yeah because typically hops when they come off the bind they are dried out um and if they're going to be whole cone hops then they're bailed from there and it's a messy ordeal altogether but um whole cone hops give better overall depth of flavor and aroma 
I think Derek would shit his pants if he heard me say that. And he'd be like, well, it's true. I'm like, okay, well, I've, I've never brewed with whole cone hops, so I'm not really sure. Um, but most hops uh, today in production breweries, at least, are pelletized. And so that means that they're taking the whole cone and they're mashed up. The vegetal, vegetable, vegetal material is taken away, uh, leaving the leaves, the hop, like the, the lupulin glands. And the, yeah. It's basically, so you've never used like the whole flower? I have in, uh, I make a Pliny the Elder clone. Um, but I mean, I say I've never used those whole cone hops. I've used them in that beer. And even then it's kind of, eh, it's only like four ounces. It's because four ounces of whole cone hops are like uh, this big. Like I'm holding my hand. It's like the size of a yeah. fucking, I don't know. Uh, I, it's I had a softball set up in college. Uh, and I brewed a few batches actually with whole cone hops. It was kind of fucking cool, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a ton. It is. uh, When you start, uh, I, I, when I make beer, I don't want to make like a gallon. I'd rather make five plus gallons. And when you start using that much material, it starts soaking up your wort. (laughs) You're like, uh, it's going to lower my yield. And then it does. I do remember that actually they got fucking huge. Yeah. Now pellets will do the same thing, but typically you can uh, extract higher, uh, higher volumes of bitterness or higher amounts of bitterness um, from pellets than you can for cones. And most of the time that's what you're trying to do for home brewing is just getting to a bitterness point and then dosing it with, with flavors of hops at the end, which typically don't take up a whole lot of space, but they're gross to clean up. If you've never brewed beer, uh, it's like an all day affair and that's why you don't just want to make like a fucking gallon at the end of all of that because it's, and it's not just like brewing, it's cleaning all of the shit afterwards too. Oh, yeah. and because you got to sanitize. And I have, I have gotten my, and I kind of stopped doing it is because it's, it's such a huge investment. Yeah. It's a, it's an investment in time, but I mean, it's just like cooking, uh, any other like sort of yeah. like major cooking event that you do, like you're cooking for a family. Like that's fucking, you're just basically 80% dishes and then like 20% you're cooking things. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you like your Saturday cookout, you know, like, or just like weekend meal, like you like to do a special meal over the weekend. Then it's, it's very similar. To that. Yeah, that's true. I will say this. Uh, I used to like when Derek and I, because Derek, the, the uh, yeah. Derek from California on our podcast here now from uh, moving um, yeah. formerly <laughs> of California um, Derek and uh, after college uh, when he moved back here to DFW he's the one who actually taught me how to brew and got me into beer in general and when we first started it was like bro it was rough like I had we both had Tuesdays off and Tuesday is a fucking terrible day to brew beer I'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> Because uh, I would show up at his place between we would I, we would say like oh, let's start like nine nine thirty. I would show up to Derek's place by ten ten thirty, obviously, and then yep. we would get wrapped up brewing by about like four some days. And I'm yeah, like, like we're both yeah. we're, <laughs> we've both been drinking since like one after lunch. You're like ah, I'll just go ahead and crack some beers open or drink the previous week's you know previous home brews that yeah. we've got, um, but. I will say after, you know, after a few batches, we kind of got more serious and we got it down to a, a pretty good science. Yeah. When I, when I stopped homebrewing, I mean, I think the last time I brewed was last November, um, with bells. We did a two hearted clone. Um, that brew day I had down to a, a fucking just bam, 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 four hours done. And that was all grain brewing. So, um, yeah, it's a big one. 
Yeah, it's from start to finish, steeping grains, or you know, uh, mashing in, and then full hour. I think that one was a 60-minute boil, so it wasn't too crazy. But, I mean, that included uh, cooling the wort and a counterflow chiller and um, and then clean up afterwards, which was a fucking beast. Because I also I had two full, pe- two full sets of brewing equipment in my car. I drive a Mitsubishi Lancer, okay? Not a big vehicle. <laughs> I've got like two full ass propane tanks, two full ass burners, two mash tons. I mean, it was just fucking loaded. It was. I still think about how I had a fucking propane burner, like a, you know, like that comes with like a turkey fryer. Yeah. In Stillwater, and I, I didn't know what I had, and I just fucking <laughs> left that bitch. <laughs> well, Willem, if you ever make it down here, or if you're passing through to visit yeah. Frank, stop by. I've got an extra one. You literally, okay. you can have it. Um, uh, fuck. I, uh, I mean, any outdoor cooking, it's so freaking awesome just to have that. You want to make a fucking paella or whatever? Just yeah, you I, know. I've got one that would be better for that than the other. So let me know when you're coming through. I'll hook you up. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll take you up on that because I, I, I basically my brewing equipment I hobbled together for some old shit that my parents weren't using. Like <laughs> I just literally went rummaging through their garage, yeah. found a turkey fryer, took their propane tank because they weren't using it. And uh, found an old five gallon, uh, you know, those, you know, those orange water coolers. <laughs> it was like got water coolers or whatever the hell they are. I think this one was Rubbermaid, but whatever. But I had it when I was playing like coach pitch baseball in the fucking mid nineties. They weren't using it, so I took that, took it apart, made my own mash ton out of it, and literally, I, Willem, this is how crazy I got into this shit. I was on a third floor apartment in Louisville, and uh, was on my third floor balcony boiling wort for you know hours at a time just you know tempting fate for a boil over and scalding someone down below me <laughs> not giving a fuck i feel like once i got better at uh, my counterflow chiller i would run my counterflow chiller outside i would load my mash tun up with with ice water and then run water you know through counter through my counterflow chiller and then i would run it out the little tube down the side of the building <laughs> so i would have near boiling water just running down the vinyl siding of a fucking three-story apartment building. But I was like, fuck it. I don't care. Listen, nowhere does the deposit say that I can lose my deposit if the outside of the building gets fucked up. It's just the carpet and shit inside. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's fine in here, bro. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Everything's fine in here. I just want to say I made my own counter counter flow chiller uh, some copper piping and fittings uh, from Home Depot and I made it to where I could fit it into like a regular sink faucet and all yep. that. And my whole learning experience from all that was that you might as well just buy the one that they sell you because by the time you've gathered all the parts and figured out that, you know, the one or two, you know, you bought the fitting and it doesn't fit. So you had to go back and uh, it ends up coming out roughly the same. You might save a little bit, but I, I, mean, I save you definitely paid for it in time and effort. I did save money. I saved about 40 bucks when I did mine. And uh, yeah, I, it recently, the last brew day, it did break. But that was after five years of brewing. <laughs> like, Did you right away? Like, did you have your plan set and you just went to the store, got the things and put it together? Yeah, I found a, I found a plan online. I wrote it out. I wrote out the variants that I needed because my copper wasn't as long as what they had. Um, okay. I did get... I did buy cheaper uh, garden hose to fit around the outside of the copper pipe. Um, but 
I followed all the instructions, bought all the silicone, but I even, I even, uh, soldered my own, my own copper. Uh, it was one of those, like when you say like you, you pay for it in time, I paid for that one in time. Yeah. Yeah. It's work. It's not it's, easy. Yeah. Well, here's what I did and I don't suggest, I'm going to go ahead and tell the people this and don't fucking follow my lead. I bought a six pack of Imperial Ranger IPA. This is before Voodoo came around. So it was an 8% IPA. Bought a six pack of that. I bought some flux at Walmart and I used a creme brulee torch. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me tell you the solder. Huh? That was hot enough to melt the solder. Dude, I was burning shit. Like, I mean, it was so fucking hot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was le- a legit amount of work. I learned a lot. I'd never soldered anything before, ever. Uh, but I was like, listen, it, heat melts this. And if I use flux, this should just wrap around it. At least that's what the yeah. video said. I was like, oh. how, was your, how was your joint? Fucking terrible, the first one. It was. It literally looked like someone sneezed on it, and then someone <laughs> just threw, like, fucking pewter at it, or lead, and they were like, eh, that's fine, whatever. If I could give everybody one tip on soldering, it would be um, make sure you're heating the surface that you're soldering, and then apply the solder to the surface. Don't try to heat the solder. No, because then it just... Apply the solder. Which is what I learned on the second joint, because there's when you're making a counterflow chiller, you have a top and a bottom, <laughs> a beginning yeah. and an end. So what I fucked up on the first one, I learned and used it on the second one. And the second one was not a whole lot better, but it was not the one that broke when everything broke last last fall. Um, and as a matter of fact, the solder didn't even break. The fucking silicone fitting that went around the outside is like a secondary seal on everything is what broke loose. Because... Yeah joint will usually be stronger than what you're soldering if you do it right at the end. I mean, it, so far so good. Um, but yeah, the the silicone seal that I put on it on the outside of the hose it broke mm-hmm. loose. So uh, the counterflow part <laughs> of my of my brew day was a fucking mess. If we hadn't been doing it outside, I would have gotten in a lot of trouble for where I was. <laughs> like it was it was a mess, but. Beer got cool. That's what mattered. And it didn't get contaminated with the water. Also what matters. So it's all important. But dude, I, I fucking, I, I love the problem solving aspect of homebrewing. It's fantastic. And then the learning and the intricacies and all the little shit that you get to do with homebrewing. I love that. I fucking love it. I just, yeah. If you ever want to automate any part of your process and you're like, you have a solid idea of like, I would get like this thermometer and da 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 and whatever. Or just if you ever want to automate a part, I can like work with you on that because uh, I I like uh, little hardware projects, but I never get many opportunities. Well, see, maybe that's what I'll do because I've I've been kind of want to make a yeast propagator, uh, a little mini yeast propagator, if you will, propagator, okay. if you will, uh, because uh, for a lot of brewing, uh, you know, yeast yeast cells and yeast growth are a big part of quality beer when it comes out and that's always been a part of my world that i've just whatever like i'll make a starter the night before and then shake it up a little bit and put a fucking uh, uh excuse me a uh, little valve on it and and call it done right. but that doesn't cut it when you're making some specialty style beers um lagers being one of them um okay. it takes some legit growth uh like cell growth and i don't want to buy like a full ass stir plate but i know there's ways to make a stir plate like properly uh at 
something that moves around and just like constantly. Basically, it's a magnet that sits like you, you have a, a your your vessel sits on top of a plate. That plate has a magnet underneath it that spins, just mm. a little uh, like a just a, a, a just a simple fucking rotary like, magnet dish, whatever. And it'll... yeah, you put a stir plate. It looks like a little pill that's got north and south polarizing on it and then it spins and it uses magnetics to uh stir the shit up inside the so why why does the stirring encourage cell growth because uh, a lot of times when you're so when you're making a starter you want to have healthy yeast um healthy yeast is moving yeast and is dividing yeast cells so anytime that's why uh like you can walk by and just shake it is what I usually do for ale strains. And it's, that's, enough, that's enough to get things going. Um, but if you have it under constant stirring, it just, or like even intermittent stirring is actually better because uh, yeast doesn't really just grow great in the same environment. Sometimes uh, certain strains of yeast grow better under stress. So if you let it settle and then stir it up, it stresses out and starts producing the flavors and like wow. produces the correct type of growth to produce flavors, I should say. Anyway, all that nerd shit to say, that may be something I hit you up on. Because as far as like automating brew setups, there's some really goddamn impressive electric setups out there right now. And actually, uh, some people in Tulsa make make some of them uh, for small professional breweries. High gravity? Yeah, high gravity brewing out of Tulsa. They do. Yeah. They do like full custom setups too. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild. Anyway, yeah, I can do some like... Uh process control stuff and whatnot yeah brian's stepping away for a second so i'm going to fill air time now and I'll sorry i i went to put my finger up as low one second and you looked away at that right at that exact time i was like son of a bitch i had to no, grab another beer it? um no man I, I i i that shit would be kind of fun and i i need to start brewing again honestly um i was gonna brew a ride with biden uh rye pale ale I, still I, I think I should. I've got a, a rye pale ale recipe. Just like bringing up Joe Biden right now, he uh, is busy speaking at the DNC. Yeah. I have not heard a word of it, but I do like to kind of like check out Twitter and everybody on this motherfucker right now is saying he's killing it. Good. And these tweets coming in in the last several seconds. So awesome. Hell yeah. Something resonating. Well, I mean, it's tough, I mean, to not resonate with a majority of people as long as you're saying, like, hey, we shouldn't all be dying. All right? All right. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but a lot of people are saying, uh, like, specifically good. Like, this guy said, let's see, David Korn is being, Joe Biden is being darn good Joe Biden tonight. He's showing conviction and passion. Seems to care, da-da-da. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. I mean, dude. I... <clears throat> I've watched, I watched last night, I watched Kamala's speech, I watched, uh, you know, President Obama's speech. Like, there are a few people who can, like, there's sometimes where you're just, like, watching TV, and it's probably the pandemic in me that has shortened my attention span so much. Like, if I'm sitting there watching TV for more than 10 minutes, like, I'm playing Brick Breaker on my phone or some shit. Like, it's... Yeah, me too. And I'm not even a little bit ashamed about it either. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. But I will say last night when I heard Obama's voice, I was like, I'm just going to lock my phone and see what this dude has to say. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's still good. He's still got it. We're good. Yeah. 
Can I just say what I really appreciated, and I told my wife this earlier today, um, about about the DNC, especially yesterday, uh, those speeches like Kamala, mm-hmm. uh, Barack, is like the nod to the younger generation, but not just like we hear you, da da da, but like we were wrong, <laughs> we didn't listen to you, we understand why you don't trust us, but we now see the error in our, you know, like, I feel like the tone has shifted and there's been a, there's, there's definitely like some sort of, uh, come to Jesus moment happening where it's like, okay, fine. Like you guys were right. And you're going to continue to be right. And we're going to like act accordingly. And so like, I feel like we're seeing that in Biden's campaign with bringing in Kamala, bringing in Bernie Warren. I mean, I, they had a panel here right before you hopped on with all of the former. I know I was on, I, I walked past the living room when it was on. I was like, Jesus Christ, they fucking broke everybody out. <laughs> and Cory Booker wrapped it up with like, it was an honor running against you guys. And like, you know, it's like just really great. It's like some of the stuff that you want to hear when all you fucking hear every single day in and out is like how you're different, how we're all different and how, you know, like we just like those people over there suck. And, you know, yep. it's just you're tired. I'm tired of it. Well, what's great. I mean, to your point, like it's really tough to work with someone after you've ripped them apart and told them that their dad killed the JFK and their wife's ugly. Like it's re- it should be really hard to work with someone like that. Yeah. And you shouldn't like that's not just, you just, think I, just about that before you say something <laughs> Fucking shit, <laughs> you know, dude. And if you have any, well, I just say something about Karen at work when you're at the water cooler. Be like, those fucking shoes suck, Karen. And then next week, when you need Karen to turn in her report so that yeah. you can get your shit done, Karen's like, you know what? Fuck you. I got have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have fun asshole. Like, God, oh. like think a little bit into the future. I swear, it's it's fucking insane. Uh, anyway, I I'm hopeful. And maybe, 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 maybe I'll make a uh, ripe ale ale for the occasions. It'd be great. Oh um, yeah, hell yeah, Willem. I um, I was smoking a cigar. I, I took an hour out of my time tonight. I smoked a cigar um, <laughs> from my Pravada Club, Pravada Cigar Club. Nice. Um, which I mean, it just it just feels baller as fuck when you open up uh, your your mail once a month and you're like. I got three cigars that nobody else on the planet's going to have. This is fucking great. Um, I mean, nobody else on the planet besides the other like thousand people in the club. But even then, we don't all get the same cigar because they build each month's uh, picks based on your flavor profile and what you've like liked before. And I will say this. It is not very technologically advanced um, because the owner of the club or the head of the club um, makes those picks and changes based on like you emailing him and be like, Hey, I didn't like this one. <laughs> like, this one was kind of gross. This one was great. And then next month you might see your subscription, like your uh, types of cigars change. Um, but tonight I smoked one. It was really kind of a cool deal. Like, uh, the founder of the club put out a podcast. It was about an hour, a little over an hour long. And he smoked the same cigar that you had in your subscription so they had two cigars that went out to everybody or like i guess one cigar that went out to half the people and one cigar that went out to the other half of the people based on their flavor profiles and so he put out two podcasts where he's smoking the same cigar so you can listen along 
and it was one of the coolest shits ever. Like one of the coolest, coolest experiences ever. Like yeah. just sit down for an hour and listen to somebody talk. This dude is also, I mean, he's, I mean, he's close to my level of nerdness when it comes to like the background on these cigars. Like he <laughs> has like, he's had conversations with the families who grow the tobacco and like the rollers and like the people who make the blends, like why they made the blends, what makes the blends special. Um, what makes the cigar special? So tonight I smoked a Montenegro uh, uh, Selección Provada uh, Serie F cigar. Like you look at it, you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool label. And you realize the tobacco's been aged for five years before they even rolled it, and then once it was rolled, they aged it for another five years. So I mean, you're smoking a decades-old cigar. Hold up. Okay, you need to talk to me about aging tobacco. Sure. Because when I hear aging tobacco, I think tobacco drying out over time. Essentially, it's what, essentially it's what you're doing. But um, when you're aging tobacco, it go, undergoes a bit of a fermentation process. And I'm still new here um, as far as like what exactly happens as far as the process goes. But um, growers and you know, rolling houses, they have aging rooms where they will age like full leaves of tobacco for a certain amount of time before they become ready to roll. And then once they roll them, like not all cigars just go out and ready for sale. Some cigars will age for an additional amount of time once they're rolled. Uh, well, all cigars will age for an additional amount of time while they, after they're rolled because you have uh, wrapper, binder, filler, tobacco. You, like when you roll everything, it's still kind of wet, relatively wet. Um, so when you dry it out so that it's a stable product, it's not going to fucking like mold and shit. Um, you slowly dry it over time, but you dry it in a way... Do what? Right, I said right. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but you dry it in a way that, like, the the wrapper doesn't dry faster than the filler, and then the wrapper cracks, or the filler doesn't dry too quick and, like, separate from the wrapper altogether. So there's a full-on-ass process that they go through, and some of that takes longer than others. But, um, like what Montenegro did, they let it age for an additional five years before they even sent it out to the market. Anyway, all that to so say, you want, to, you want to dry it, but like not too dry, or uh, well, I mean, the the producers are doing their own thing altogether. Uh, once the once the consumer gets it, yeah, you definitely want to keep it within a certain humidity range between like sixty two and seventy two like percent humidity, and like yeah. keep it there for a while where it stables it stabilizes, and then then you can smoke it, leave it as long as you want, or smoke it right away. It doesn't matter. Um, so with that said had a nice cigar smoking experience this evening. So when you, t- when you texted and I was like getting out of the shower, drying off, I was like, ah, I'm fucking relaxed. I'm ready for it. Maybe I was going to, I was going to pour myself a big beer, you know, a high alcohol beer. I was like, oh, that'd be good. Right. Put myself right to sleep. It'll be great. And you called and I was like, sure, we'll do that too, man. I'm all, they're just like <laughs> mellowed the fuck out. It was a great goddamn time. And I will say I took some pictures tonight of the cigar, which I don't know if you've seen them, Villain, but I've been working my balls off over on the old Instagram page and making like making my making the pictures looking nice. Um, so I was like, wow. Oh. Yep. I, I took some really good like pre pre smoke photos of the cigar, and I took my little staging photos outside while I was smoking. And as I was smoking, the cigar just started fucking falling apart. Like that's the only way to say it. And uh-huh. I I was gonna like. As I was smoking, it was when we were still ready to do full cast and everything tonight. And I was like, I'm afraid, like, if I talk about it, I'm going to rip it apart. I was like, I don't want to do that because the cigar was good. 
Villem, this cigar fell the fuck apart. I mean, just like the 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 foot of the cigar was fine. The head of the cigar, the part you smoke, um, yeah, just started unraveling as I was smoking it. And oh. I attributed part of that to my cutter, which is getting old. I've got a new cutter coming in on Saturday. Woo, can't wait. But uh, <laughs> then, like, the body started cracking down the middle. And once you get a crack in the middle of your cigar, it's like having a crack in a straw as you're drinking, you know, a soft drink out of it. Like, shit's just, like, pouring out of the sides, and you're getting, like, very little soda up the top of the straw. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Never had that experience. Yeah, Taco Bell used to fuck me over pretty hard with their shitty straws <laughs> they had. And when you're eating Taco Bell, all you want is goddamn Mountain Dew, really and truly. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, like, as this cigar was falling apart, I was, like, dreading it. I'm like, God damn it. I don't have to work for this thing. The whole time I'm listening to Brian, the the founder of Pravada Cigar Club, he's talking and he's like, yeah, just relax. Let all your let all the day's troubles, like, drift away. If you can't carve out an hour for yourself just to put the phone down and relax, what are we even doing here? I was like, yeah, you know what? He's fucking right. What are we even doing here? So I just sat back, kept listening to the sounds of the park that he was in, and kept smoking away. Villain, this cigar, as it fell apart in my hand, was one of the best smokes I've ever had. <laughs> ah. Like, it was just, I, I didn't fucking worry about the cracking going down the cigar. I was just like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to smoke it. We're going to see Mindfulness. Yeah. When people talk about mindfulness, that's what they're talking about. Dude, I, the whole time I'm smoking it, I wasn't thinking about how much the cigar club like monthly subscription is. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking about, cause I mean, it started, I wasn't stressing about the cost. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, well, cause we talked about the last cast. Like when I light yeah. up, I'm literally like, Oh, I'm just lighting up an Abe Lincoln right now. This fucking sucks. Like I shouldn't be doing this, but like in the cigar club, like he, he leaves really intense like written notes. And in the notes, he's like, Hey, full disclosure, this is a like 16 to $20 cigar. And I was like, if I was paying $15 for this, I'd be really pissed right now. But the bigger Brian came through and was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, bro. Just sit back and relax. If you can't carve out an hour of your day, and that's like what kept going through my mind. Again, just fucking great. I mean, I like I got down to the end of it, and I was like, I could keep smoking this, but I don't want to. You know what? Like, we're good. We're good here. So I put the cigar down, came inside, put the kiddo to bed, took a shower. I'm in a fucking great place, Philem. I'm in a great goddamn place. And it's all because I just let go. Just let it go, man. Just enjoy the shit. Enjoy the shit that you got going on. I fucking love that. Yeah. I've never had a cigar split like that. I mean, I've had the canoeing, which everybody has, but I've never seen like the, just a straight up split across the whole thing. Let me see if I can... I, I, I know this is showing a picture on a fucking screen is whack oh, as fuck, but I don't know if you can see that. Oh, like yeah. Just the cracks that. all around. And then let me see if I can, this is a little bit later. So you see that crack just right yeah. down the middle of it. Yeah. You got a nice camera too. Just oh, this is, this is off my phone, <laughs> but that's the backside. That's all supposed to be wrapper and it's all just exposed tobacco, like filler. But like, again, but the wrapper is also tobacco, though. It is, and it does provide a lot of the flavor of a cigar, um, both in like on your lips whenever you you put your lips on the cigar. Some of the, yeah, I was gonna say there's some some cigars are flavored, even hand rolled premium tobacco are flavored. <laughs> I mean, if you want a little like white owl or wood tip, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, but even I've got one in here that my that my neighbor gave me. It's a uh, 
it's a I think, Drew Estate or I think Drew Estate um, factory smoke. It's a sweet. So the tip of it is dipped in some sugary content. I had one. It was called like Isla del Sol, I think. Okay. Uh, by Rocky Patel. And that one was a sweet wrapper. And honestly, when I first tasted it, I was like, ah, oh, it's going to suck. But then, like, as I smoked, I was like, this is fucking fantastic. Like, fuck all that shit. Like, I, so all that to say, like, get, carve out some time, man. Like, whether you're burn, burning one down, legalize it, or if you're just, you know, taking a sec, <laughs> taking an hour to smoke a, a premium hand rolled, or, uh, I mean, fuck yeah. it. Even if you're sitting down on the back patio with a, with a glass of wine. With, with your take spend some time with yourself like Dude. if you really want to like do yourself a favor just spend a little bit of time with yourself talk to yourself be with your thoughts like don't go running off trying to you know i feel like a lot of times what we do is like just try to go to the next thing and not really like sit with ourselves and uh, I've found so, especially as I've gotten older and, you know, things in life get more serious and more, uh, it's more important really that you're like yeah. emotionally stable, <laughs> but, you know, just spending some time with yourself and like, just talk to yourself. It, it helps. It really does be there for yourself. I like, I used to think, I mean, growing up in central Oklahoma, believe it or not, meditation was never talked about. Um, ever, <laughs> Go ever, figure. Never. Eastern philosophy was like, man, well, I don't, I don't fuck with New York. I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. <laughs> not what we meant. Um, but like, as I've grown older, like, meditation's nice. Like, yeah. and you you don't have to like s- fucking schedule time to do yoga for an hour and a half. Like, no, med- med- if you, and if you think meditation means sitting cross-legged, you know, up, upright in in the middle of the floor and like holding your you know, I mean, then <laughs> your Zen you hands get, you get look into what meditation is because it's not that it's more really just like sitting with yourself and just not, it, it's kind of like you, the, the best thing you can do is let a thought enter and just let it go again and see what comes next. Yeah. And just kind of like, let that happen and don't like, don't grab on to anything. Yeah. And then, or if you and, do grab on to things, you might not know what's happening, but if you find yourself going, okay, like this isn't working, then you, now you're no longer in it. So yeah. you got to like out of that and continue meditating. And it's afterwards that you realize the peace that it brings mm-hmm. for you. A lot of times what happens if I have something that sticks in my mind, like, like a problem comes up and it won't, I can't just let it go. Like that's actually just as helpful for me. Like, yeah, I leave that meditative state, but I start to dig in as to why is this keep coming up? Why yeah. do these feelings keep coming up? And honestly, what I found during this whole pandemic time is that th- I'm having to change like the way I address those things. In the past, I would address them in my three hours a day in the car. A lot of the times, like I'd be sitting in traffic and I could problem solve for both interpersonal and intrapersonal. Yeah. And now I'm having to do it separately, but you know what? Like it's, I I found, I've found that time that hour plus out in the garage or out on the back patio smoking has been that for me. And I think it's, it's weird um, that it's, that it's taken that for me. But at the same time, like my wife doesn't like, doesn't like the smell of cigar smoke. My kid definitely doesn't like the smell of cigar smoke. 
So it's almost like a fucking bubble that I have put myself in. As bad as that might sound, there are times during this pandemic where I need to fucking get away in my own house. And it's really well, tough I don't, to do that. That sounds weird at all. And I think it's not great that we think that that's weird, really. I mean, it is essential that we spend time with ourselves. Like, like, and when I say spend time with ourselves, like, go listen to music. Go find out what you like. Like, how much do you really know about yourself? Oh, you I know, know way too much about myself. I've got I've got bodies buried, bro. I'm like, they're fucking, we got skeletons well, I mean, deep in this closet. I'm oh. talking to the listener. <laughs> oh, talking to the listener. Very just, sorry. I brought my own baggage. I checked it at the front desk. Is that okay, or... No, I'll just. Yeah, I'll just yeah, I'll like, on, man. We got a whole cart. <laughs> you're light. You're pouring. You're pouring lighter fluid on it, villain. You're lighting it on fire. Like, no, I needed that. I got my shoes were in there. Um, I think I, I've been, and I say this as someone who thinks that these things are important, but like, I I'm surprised a lot of times at how how disconnected I become from myself, or how how you know how long it's been since I've checked in with myself and. Uh, it really does take an intentional effort for you to go and uh, and just hear yourself, really. I mean, um, and yeah, if you, if you have a commute, then that works. But if like, if you take the commute away, then you're going to have to set time aside to like do that. Yeah. Um, that because way. otherwise what ends up happening is you're just shoving that shit onto the people all around you. Because it's not, you're, you can't contain it. It's there and it's coming out. So <laughs> yeah. either like go and like talk to yourself and like, okay, this is fine. Let's deal with this one, whatever, yeah. you know, while you're away from people or you just let it fucking fizzle and boil in there and eventually it boils over and then you start spewing shit out of your mouth at people that you don't mean. And that, that don't deserve to hear all that, that shit. Yeah. yeah. And have their own things that they're trying to figure out. Yeah. And that's something that I've... Uh, had this week in particular just kind of boiled up. I'm like, ah, damn, like I, nothing major other than like, I'm, I'm sure every, ever I know every person experiences it. You get brought into a project, especially projects right now that seem like they're fucking dire. Like the end of the world will happen if this doesn't get accomplished. You work your ass off, you move things aside to accomplish it. And then the next day you wake up to an email that says like, hey, we pivoted this morning and we're not going to be using that. I'm like, okay. Like last night, prime example. I plan out. world. Yeah, like I, I, I plan out my dinners that I cook for my family every night of the week. And like I am pretty diligent about like making sure that no matter what, I got food on the table by no later than 615 and like last night, I was like, I fucking, I had broke down. I was like, I got to order pizza because I'm not going to, we're not going to make dinner. We're not making, we're not making a uh, air fried chicken tenders by 6.15 tonight. It's not happening. And then like, I wake up this morning, I get that email. I'm like, fucking fuck you. Like, <laughs> but it's not a fuck you because like people, like, you know, that the people making the decisions are making the right decisions, or at least you hope so. But at the same time, you're like, well, fuck, just fuck. <laughs> Well, like at the very least, you know, the decision wasn't made specifically. Yeah. It wasn't like your, your work was garbage. So we had to move around the other direction Yeah, or it might've been, and they just didn't tell me. I appreciate that just as much, but at the same time, like it's nobody like, and again, it's not something you take out on your family. It's not something you take out on your friends. Even it's some shit you have to, like you said, take a second, look at it. Like, okay, what can we take away? And then and the other side of that really is like, uh, you may have, you may not even think it's really like impactful, right? Mm. Until later on, I don't know, maybe you never realize it, but I have 
very many times thought, oh, this, that's not fine. I can like, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm, that doesn't affect me that much. Like, I'm not really affected by that. And then I'll be like, but I'm like still thinking about it. So like clearly, you know, yeah, so yeah. there's that aspect to it as well. I, let me just tell you right now, you, you let a little four-year-old loose next to you, who is a, an exact mirror of every emotion that they come in contact with. And then you see it like two days later, you're like, what the, what the hell are you doing? She's like, oh, I was just reenacting your phone call that you were on the other day. And then after you got off that phone call, what you did, I was like, I see. I see what's happening here. Okay. Yeah. And like, and uh, for like people who are working from home for the first time, like this is news for me. Like this is the first time this is happening. Like you hear shit talk, you hear people talk about that shit. You're like, ah, whatever. Doesn't matter. And then you see it like played out day after day. And you're like, okay, I got to change this about myself. I got to change this about myself. I got to change this about myself. And eventually, if you don't take time to actually, like, you know, digest what actually needs to be changed, you're fucking. All the heart. How do you? How are you dealing with it? I don't. I'm sorry to turn this into like, (laughs) you know, I'm curious. No, I think it's something that we we definitely don't talk about on this podcast. We talk about it off the podcast for sure, and like when we're you know sitting on for an hour and a half after we're done recording or whatever. But it's one of those things where, like, I'm we're open and honest with our with our daughter. And we're like, okay, you know, whether it's, you know, Mrs. Brian stressing out with work or it's myself yeah. dealing with work, we tell, yeah. And, and we're, we're honest with her. Like, Hey, listen, you know, we're under stress. And sometimes when people deal with stress, they deal with it differently. And like, if it's a legitimate problem, like most of the, most of the time it is something that you can digest and be like, you know what? Dad was wrong about that. Dad shouldn't have yeah. reacted that way. And I'll do better next time. And like, you let them know that like that was that behavior wasn't okay. There's other right. times where you're just like, you know what? Sometimes that happens, and frustration just builds up. And you know, there's uh, only one way. There's yeah. only like, da- you know, Dad needs to go take a bath and like soak soak for a while and just think about things. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And they just move on. But at the same time, like, you don't want to be like, don't do that shit or do as I say, not as I do. That's what my parents did. Didn't fucking work. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, uh, I know the things I'm not going to do. <laughs> right. And that's what it boils down to. Like, as a, as, as a uh, hopeful parent one day, that's, I know what I'm not going to do for sure. And you can say that, and everybody does, and you don't do that. Then you find a slew of other shit that you also shouldn't do. You're like, I didn't even fucking think True. about that. God yeah, damn. Yeah, <laughs> fully expecting that too. I'm like fully expecting, but I, I, all I know, I, I guess I'm saying that wrong. All I know is what I won't do. <laughs> I don't know anything else. You're on, you're on a start. At least you don't like, you're not going into it. Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. You will figure it out, but you need to have at least a foundation of some shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I don't know. It's it's a it's a trip, man. And uh, whatever, if if you know, hopefully shit changes back to a more relaxed fit. Like I I, I keep calling it relaxed fit society because <laughs> right now everybody's tight butthole when they go out in public. It's yeah, normal. just stop saying normal. Oh yeah, yeah that's I, that's I like relaxed fit. That's nice it, because it is. I mean, like let's let's fucking loosen up a little bit here. But like right now, that ain't the time. You fucking keep that belt high and tight. Make sure your pant legs rolled up. You don't step in anything. Bring it home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but at the same time, like when shit goes back to relaxed fit, like there are some things that I've 
legitimately learned and will take away from this time that will make myself and my family much better. And at the same time, being out of the house and away from each other will also make this family better every now and then. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I say that, I say that kind of jokingly, but at the same time, like my daughter hadn't seen her friends in six plus months. And like, She's but, but you're not supposed even with your family you're not supposed to just be in the fucking house all together 24 hours a day for months on end that's not not helpful <laughs> for anybody to do that ever that's why shut-ins are a bad thing and we try to help them <laughs> yeah, reclusive reclusive people usually live alone they don't recluse yeah. together that's not a thing that right and actually what worries me is that i think reclusive tendencies are kind of like a learned behavior kind of thing. So like 1000% or it's about what this will lead to. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the other weird thing that happens is like, and I've been thinking a lot about the things that, uh, I viewed as relaxation or as like, uh, uh, awards rewards that I was given as a kid. I don't like what that is like. So, for me, like a good meal was always a reward, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a going yeah. out meal for my white trash family. It was like Olive Garden, Red Lobster. Like I was someone achieved something yeah. nice, whatever. Most, our whole generation, I feel like most, mostly chains, honestly, which yeah, is but, fine. I get it. And it's, they were way better, by the way. <laughs> like Applebee's was like not, I don't know what the fuck today is, but like it was real meat. <laughs> I, I feel like today's Applebee's is disgusting. The 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 larger point, you're you're correct. It is fucking sorry, gross. Sorry. The hood is no one's eating good there. Uh, but like the the point I was making is like that's something that we carry on through our adulthood, like our adult lives. Like yeah, it, you, you get a promotion, going out to dinner tonight. You know, may grab drinks afterwards. It'll be something nice. Treat ourselves yeah. to something nice. But like we're now in a generation that like what is that reward system? Like, what are they going to carry through? You know? And I'm not saying you have to do that or that everyone does the same thing, but like being a reclusive by design group for the last six months and probably will be more than a year. Like, what is that going to do to the generation? Because you're developing memories and like mile markers within those memories as, you know, adolescents and into young adults. Like, I think you have to refer back to simpler times. I there's no other way. I mean, you have to go look at what they were doing before TV and da 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 and whatever, and to find the things that you're going to fill your time with. See, I'm I'm fortunate enough to have family members who I've lived with, who lived through the Great Depression, and like I think back to those uh, you know talks with grandparents and even my parents and their friends, (laughs) like. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, what was it like? And they're like, oh, we, you know, once we, once, once the, the big wall ended, we boiled some steaks and really ate good. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't want that. That's too simple. I don't fucking want boiled steaks. That sounds terrible. Anyway, so we have well, to I mean, write a fine line. Write a fine line. You have to think about <laughs> what sounds good to, okay, like for instance, <laughs> I play banjo, right? Yeah. So I've really leaned heavily on playing that a lot now. Yeah woodworking or uh what else do i do i do other things but you know what I mean? like the more well, tactile you, you did a fucking a, you built a full-on ass raised garden bed yeah i did that because i was excited <laughs> to do that because all i ever do is stare at this motherfucking screen all day I, you know i feel so you bro 
I I have planted and killed at least three gardens during this pandemic. Okay, like I'm gardening is my thing. I'm like whatever, right? Yeah. Like cooking. I, oh, I loved to cook at some point in the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking to my buddy and and, and friend of the podcast, Jay. Uh, a couple of days ago about cooking. It's an amazing cook. Dude, Holy shit. his food that he makes, it not only, uh, when I say an inspiration, I'm not saying that to be shitty and like a fucking hyperbaric, hyperbolic, hyperbaric, you fucking idiot. You have a college degree. Hyperbolic. Um, But his food that he posts, the pictures he posts on Instagram are fucking amazing. Like you could literally taste food through the picture, which is annoying because I'm like, how did you capture that with your iPhone? Yeah, anyway. Shots, you know, where he, it might be raw if you did it. <laughs> the angle well, looked good, but like, like authentic, like legit good. Yeah, legit. and and he's it, like, you name it. It's not just like, oh, he focuses in on Italian food from Tuscany. Like, no, fuck no, no. He's making Thai food. He's making Vietnamese food. He's making American food. He's making Mexican food. Yep, all of it, and it all looks amazing. Anyway, I was texting him about about meat. Because, you know, that's what adults do is text each other about meat. I literally, a grown man asked another grown man, what do you look for in a butcher? Because, you know, it's fucking 2020. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> but he's, like, turning me on to all these, like, YouTube, like, food scientists and shit. I'm like, God damn it, this is amazing. Because yeah. I've, I've found, like, the, the time that I would normally spend in traffic on the way home, now I spend, like... <laughs> Maybe prepping for the meal for the end of the day. You know, whether awesome. it's like Brian, dude, d- biggest tech- takeaway I have gotten from this pandemic, salt brining chicken. Holy fucking shit. It, if you have chicken breasts, chicken tenders, doesn't fucking matter, whatever it is, put them bitches in salt and water for at least 30 minutes before you do anything. Holy fuck. True that. It's fucking and amazing. Rest, like they don't, they get nice and juicy and plump. Oh. Like it's nice evenly distributed. Dude, and it's like, salt. do if what? You can't brine, even just salting them like yeah. far ahead of time. Yeah, but don't, I mean, right away is the point though. Yeah, no, don't do it like as you're putting it in the fucking skillet. Like, be like <laughs> so many people do that. I, so many people do that. I don't fucking know. Like, it's it, shit like that and the, that I have enjoyed learning yeah. during this time and like i now like uh, if i'm making steaks in the evening like i'll wake up do my calls answer emails whatever you're doing about like nine ten o'clock i'll just walk into the kitchen lay my steaks out on a baking rack on top of like a, a sheet a baking sheet so we've got air circulating all around it and then i just salt both sides of the steak whatever steaks that i've got going on salt the shit out of both sides and put them in the refrigerator and let them sit until i'm ready to cook them in the evening Holy yeah. fucking shit! I can take and that drying out is really good too. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It's it's just amazing. It, it like, and I had learned that, and I was like, oh, I'd practice it a couple times. Like, oh, this is really good. I can see the value in this. And then I learned from watching one of the food scientists that Jay told me about. Like, the reason you do that is so you take all the moisture out of the like out of the steak. You season the inside of the steak, and like you take the moisture out of it. So that when you put it on the grill, you get a good crust almost immediately. Because otherwise, yeah. if you have liquid on the surface of the meat, it takes energy to get that liquid off the surface of the meat to then create a crust on it. I was like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. It's like steaming versus uh, searing or something. Yeah. Yeah, searing. yeah, it's fucking like, oh, I was like, oh, that makes so much goddamn sense. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, 
Okay, but like simple stuff like that, I wouldn't have like it sounds stupid when I say this out loud, and I understand that. That kind of things all the time. But it's like I would never have thought of doing that shit if I didn't have the time to like look it up and research it. That's just not how my brain works. I'm not going to change up the way I've always done things unless I understand why to change it. And I think like that, there's some value to that. And I think people need to look at maybe the way they judge things, whether it's a sour beer <laughs> or maybe it's reading the fucking label of the beer that they're about to pour so that they can properly set their expectations. Take the time to understand what you're about to, what you're about to intake and enjoy it while you're there. So that you're not thinking, Oh man, this sucks. I wish I hadn't paid $16 for this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. True that. All right. Yeah. man. We're making restaurant quality food guys. I'm just saying <laughs> like, it's all the stuff that you learn when you look, when you even just scratch the surface, you're mm-hmm. already into some really fucking good shit. Well, you're making, you're making shit way better than Applebee's. We've established that. <laughs> Dude, Am I right about Applebee's though? I do. I remember a few, I, I, Applebee's wasn't a big a big hit for us, but I do remember Applebee's being like decent. Not, it's awful now. It now is like it's, a flop trough now. It's literally like fucking TV frozen dinners and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gross. It's, it's really bad. Not Chilies. good. No, fuck that. Yeah. All right, man. Do you have anything else before we wrap this evening? Uh, no, that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Same, thank man. You. I enjoyed, uh, thank you for talking me into, to come back out and putting yeah, pants on. Failed <laughs> on us tonight, y'all. Yeah, he did. Like, you know, we were, the mood was down a little bit and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm down for a one-on-one if you are, Brian. And then that just really, we turned it right back up. Fucking saved it man i appreciate that and i appreciate the listeners uh for tuning in each and every week we could i mean we could do this without you i'm gonna be honest with you but we do it uh, we're glad that you enjoy what we're doing uh i can't without you this is just the one we let you know yeah exactly exactly you guys got it on the one uh if you do like us please uh subscribe rate and review over on your favorite podcast app i think really honestly it's uh the podcast app on ios and uh stitcher allegedly has a a rating system go out rate us retweet us over on twitter uh at no beer left cast on twitter at nblb beer on twitter as well and then obviously the the shit that I put a lot of time and effort into at No Beer Left Cast over on Instagram. Like it up, comment. I'm pretty much active on there every day now. So I'm trying to do better, y'all. So NBLB Beer on Twitter? Yeah, NBLB Beer. Yeah. It's because Frank really took the No Beer Left Cast um, to a weird place where he gets kicked off for commenting on some Dasani water bottles or something. I don't know if I can get kicked off off Twitter. Oh, he got booted off Twitter. He got banned for 12 hours for telling a white supremacist to headbutt a knife, which I mean, <laughs> That's a little bit <laughs> he was like, I think the fucking algorithm got me. I'm like, we told someone headbutt knife in the same tweet. I think they're going to fucking two and two makes ban. Anyway, um, it's like, it's, because you tell someone to like go do it yeah, who cares yeah, yeah, like, just, that's so different from saying I'm gonna go stab you in the head like well you tell someone to go commit suicide it's a little different too you know 
which is essentially yeah, not really pandering. Uh, you could think of it like a cartoon, like not really. You know, I don't know. You don't have to go. Well, to in that death. in that case, it's a the shoot you in the head is the Elmer Fudd Bugs Bunny scenario. Then cartoon. I think about shooting the head. My culture <laughs> it makes more sense. It makes about as much sense as a hole in the head is oh, a saying. That is the okay. saying. That is a saying. And I think it's like fine. Yeah, a hole in the head doesn't really make sense. Doesn't matter how it gets there, whether it's a gun or a knife, you know? Yeah, know. or if you were born that way. <laughs> <laughs> Villain, we're going to put you in charge of banning people on Twitter from now on. Anyway, okay. All that to say, go check us out on Instagram at NoBeerLeftCast. Uh, like I said, comment, like, send us a DM, send us some beer, you know, some beer suggestions we need to be trying in and around our areas. All right. Uh, Villain, thank you for hopping on with me. Until next time, for Brian in North Texas, I'm out. Brian, thank you for hopping on me. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Thank you for hopping on with me, and uh, thank you to the listeners. And yeah, let's talk to you guys next time.